Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. gives a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. The central story in our news right now is the declaration of the United States government recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of the nation of Israel. Today, Pastor J.D. will share with us the plain evidence that proves the very name of God is written all over the city of Jerusalem. This holy city was never and will never be the capital of a two-state solution of the so-called nation of Palestine. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on December 10th, 2017. I also have a picture in my archives of Pope John Paul II kissing the Qur'an. How about that? You can find it online. Just search. Pope John Paul kiss Qur'an. You'll find it. How about that? So, I'm going to leave that right there and move on. (laughs) Boy, I can already see the emails coming in on that one. By the way... uh, I'm sure you're not surprised when you hear of certain uh, statements that come out of the Vatican by this pope. Um, They're not surprising to me. Uh, Mary is venerated. Jesus is denigrated. Blasphemed, really. You know, uh, to the Roman Catholics, and I didn't intend to go on this one either, but To the Roman Catholics, Mary is co-redemptrix. You know what that means? That Mary is sinless and can forgive sins. Please. Please. That's blasphemy. Please, as the Apostle Paul writing in his letters says, don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant. Don't be deceived. It's important to understand that all three religions lay claim to Jerusalem. Not New York. Not Paris. Not Kaneohe, (laughs) Jerusalem. However, only one is legitimate. And I'm speaking, of course, about Judaism and with it, Christianity. And what that means is that any Islamic claim is totally and completely and I'll add demonically illegitimate. The fact of the matter is, Jerusalem is not mentioned even one time in the Quran. And this despite attempts by Muslims to interpret the Quranic texts, otherwise citing the complexity of the Arabic language. The Quran does not mention Jerusalem one time. You know how many times the Bible mentions Jerusalem, 806 times. 
660 in the Old Testament, 146 in the New Testament. Now, all of this begs the question of why. Why does Islam lay claim to it, and why is the world obsessed and intoxicated with it? Why Jerusalem? Answer? Wait for it. Here it is. Jerusalem is the city that the God of Israel has chosen to put his name, name of ownership on. It's not just his name of ownership on Jerusalem, literally. He has also put his name of ownership on his people eternally. I want to share with you what I'll call fascinating forensic evidence of God's name both on his city and on his people. And I want to first start with the name of God on the people of God. And this goes back to my uh, cultural upbringing as an Arab. And this uh, is the case in the Middle East. Growing up, my mom would always pronounce what is the highest possible blessing you could ever pronounce on your children. And it was the name of God upon you. And in Arabic, and unfortunately, innocently to my mom, she would say, Bism Allah Alek. Translated, the name of God. See, to the Arabs, even if you have an Arabic Bible, God is always translated Allah. And you know my position on this, and this again, I have forensic evidence for this. Allah is not synonymous with God. In Arabic, Allah is the name of God, not the title. Allah is a false God, Islam a false religion, and Muhammad a false prophet. Allah was the moon God. This is a false God, and Allah is not the same as Jehovah, the true and living God. So I changed it from Ism Allah Alek to Ism Yasua Alek. Yashua in Hebrew, Yasua in Arabic. The name of Jesus be upon you. That is the highest blessing that you can pronounce on anyone, especially as a parent, upon their children. I want to just say this. I actually uh, just thought of this, and you'll bear with me because I might give some of you a flashback. But you remember that um, satanic uh, rock group Queen and the song Bohemian Rhapsody? By the way, this is something you can uh, search as well. Don't take my word for it, right? Just search for yourself. But in the song, it basically goes like this, and this is what I mean by a flashback. Um, Bismillah. I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't sing it. I don't want to traumatize you. How about if I just say what the words of the song are? Bismillah. We will not let you go. Bismillah. We will not let you go. Let you go. <laughs> I can't help it. I gotta echo the song. And I mean, it's just indelibly etched on my mind and heart and yours too. Interesting how many years later we can remember a song like that verbatim. Bismillah. The name of Allah is upon you? Really? 
And you will not let me go. No, we will not let you go. Let me go. I will not let you go. Bismillah. It's on you. Have a nice afternoon. Lest you think that's just coincidence. Okay. All right. Whatever. (laughs) It's not. I hope you know that. But the name of God, the true and living God upon you, is the highest blessing that you can pronounce. And this has its place in what we affectionately refer to as the ironic blessing in Numbers chapter 6, verses 22 through 27. Let me read it. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his son, saying, This is the way you shall bless the children of Israel say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Verse 27, listen. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will Bless them. That's the name. How about the city? Second Chronicles chapter 6. First part of verse 6. I have chosen Jerusalem that my name might be there. Second Chronicles chapter 12. Second part of verse 13. He, speaking of Rehabon, reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen out of all of the tribes of Israel to put his name there. Second Chronicles 33, second part of verse 7. In Jerusalem, which I have chosen before all the tribes of Israel, will I put my name, get this, Forever, forever. Second Kings chapter 21, second part of verse 4. In Jerusalem will I put my name. Okay, what is God's name? We know that God is the title, but what is his name? Well, thankfully... The scriptures are not silent when it comes to the nature of God and as such the many names attributed to God. One such name is El Shaddai. And of this one commentator wrote, It is generally accepted that Job is the oldest book in the Bible. This has its place in the principle of first mention. It is commonly accepted that Job lived during the patriarchal age and possibly, this is interesting, even predated Abraham, which is why uh, some Bible teachers and scholars believe that Job would have likely lived in, of all places, Petra, which is in modern-day Jordan, the rock city of Petra. For Job, a common name for God was El Shaddai, Adam Clark, in his commentary, wrote, El Shaddai means, I am God all-sufficient, and is from Shaddah, to shed, to pour out. I am that God who pours out blessings, who gives them richly, 
abundantly, continually. Pastor Mark Martin of Calvary Chapel in Phoenix, Arizona explains it this way. The Hebrew letter Sheen is used by the Jews as the abbreviation for the name El Shaddai. The old city of Jerusalem resembles the shape of the Sheen, which means that God Almighty literally put his name in and on Jerusalem. The city that he chose out of all of the tribes of Israel to put his name. Now, this is where it gets really interesting and really exciting. The sheen, which, as you can see from the screen, looks like our W. And this is the sheen that is the abbreviation for El Shaddai, the name of God. And in fact, it is on Jerusalem exactly as God in his word said it would be. I want to show you some images uh, of the old city of Jerusalem. And I tried my best uh, freehand to outline the city walls of the old city to superimpose the Hebrew sheen on it so you can see it. Let's start with this first one. Uh, and I want you to notice something very, very interesting here. Notice the triune nature of the sheen. And notice that the second part of the triune nature of the sheen is where the location of the temple is. Why do I point that out? Because the name is the nature, right? And this is in keeping with the triune nature of God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And notice the second person of the Trinity is the second part of the sheen where exactly the temple is located, was located. Now I want to put, put up a wood, wood carving, which is more detailed, and I'll superimpose the sheen on the city of Jerusalem. This is an aerial photo in which the sheen is shown. Again, notice the temple that is there on the second part of the sheen. Now, here's where it gets, in some ways, even more interesting. Not only is the name of God on the city of Jerusalem, it's also in the three valleys around Jerusalem. Pictured here, and you can see the outline in red, is the Hinnom Valley, the Tiro Poyon, if I'm pronouncing it right, valley, and the Kidron Valley, again, in the shape of a sheen. And then here again, we see another view. This one showing the position of the temple, which I've circled in yellow. And then uh, this one is an artist's sketch showing the topographical features of Jerusalem with the uh, three valleys. So not just the valleys around Jerusalem, the old city in Jerusalem. And then lastly, here's another view clearly showing the sheen. Here's the bottom line. Jerusalem belongs exclusively to Israel and the God of Israel forever. Period. However, 
comma, until the Prince of Peace rules and reigns in the New Jerusalem, these things will happen to Jerusalem, just as was prophesied to happen. But here's the good news, and there is good news. As believers in and followers of Jesus Christ, who have been born again of the Spirit of God, we're not going to be here when all of this goes down. Why? Because we will be taken out before the seven-year tribulation. We have to be. Because, see, the seven-year tribulation is for the purpose of the salvation of the Jewish nation. It's that 70th week of Daniel, and that is the time of Jacob's trouble. Who's Jacob? A.K.A. Israel. God focuses all of his attention onto Israel during the seven-year tribulation, and the whole house of Israel will be saved at the end of the seven-year tribulation. We're not going to be here. We'll be taken out. Now, here's the thing. That can only be for those who have called upon the name of the Lord and are saved. If you're sitting here this morning in this church, I would be disingenuous at best, dishonest at worst, if I gave you that false hope. If you've never called upon the name of the Lord, there's I cannot give you that blessed hope that you're going to be taken out before all of this goes down. And it's for this reason I want to close and I want to do so by sharing with you the childlike, simple gospel of Jesus Christ by way of what's known as the ABCs of salvation. This is for anyone who has never called upon the name of the Lord, putting their trust in the Lord for their forgiveness of their sins. This is for anyone who maybe isn't sure. You know, you grew up in a Christian home. You even went to church. You have a Bible. You haven't read it, but you have a Bible. (laughs) Um, None of that means anything. Oh, I was baptized. Um, Doesn't mean anything. You must be born again, Jesus said, to enter the kingdom of heaven. And I want to share with you how to be born again. Very simply. And the gospel is very simple. It's ABC simple. The A is for admit that you're a sinner in need of the Savior. Or if you prefer, acknowledge your sin in the sight of a holy and righteous God. Romans 3 Verse 10 says, there is no one righteous, not even one. We were all born sinners, which is why we have to be born again spiritually. Romans 3.23 says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says that basically we all have the death penalty waiting for us because the wages of sin is death. But, here's the good news, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, we are saved by grace through faith. It is not of works, it is the gift of God, lest anyone should boast that they somehow 
were able to work for it or earn it. That's the A. Here's the B. The B is for believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. This is Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you will be saved. And then the C, lastly, is for call upon the name of the Lord. This is again is also Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. And here's the last one. It says in Romans 10, verse 13, that all, all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. If you've never called upon the name of the Lord, I implore you to do so today. Today is the day of salvation, whether you're here in this beautiful church that is my privilege to pastor or you're watching this online. I implore you, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. Why don't you stand and we'll pray. Lord, thank you. Lord, we're seeing so much happen so fast. And it's as you said, that when we see these things begin to happen, when they start to happen, that we're to look up and lift up our heads because our redemption is drawing near. Lord, you also said that you would tell us what's going to happen before it happens, so when it happens, we would believe. Well, certainly, Lord, you did tell us what's going to happen, and we do see it happening now, right before our very eyes. And so, Lord, I just would ask for anyone here today or watching this by some other way that has never surrendered to you, called upon you, I pray that today they would be saved. I pray that today would be the day of their salvation. Not tomorrow, today. Not later, now. Now. And Lord, lastly, for those of us who do know you, have been walking with you, I pray that you would bring much-needed encouragement, especially for those who are hurting, those who are discouraged, those who have become weary in well-doing. Lord, I just pray that you would remind us that this is what we have to look forward to. And if heaven is what we have to look forward to, it's going to make whatever we're going through here on earth easier to get through. So Lord, thank you for this blessed hope. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us for this special edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. 
Now, it's so important that you hear the purpose behind these prophecy updates that Pastor J.D. shares. The purpose is to see people just like you come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. When you're right with the Lord, you'll be ready for the Lord and His soon return. You can do this by first admitting you're a sinner, that you've broken God's perfect law. Second, you need to confess that there's nothing you can do to fix this. You can't attend church enough, you can't pray enough or give enough money. There's nothing you can do to atone for your sins. Third, you must realize that there is someone who can. His name is Jesus Christ, and He is the Savior of the world. He gave His own life so that you wouldn't have to experience the penalty for your sins, which is death. Please, if you're listening today, receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and escape the realities of the prophecies that are being fulfilled all around you. For more information about what it means to be born again into the kingdom of God, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and select the New Believers option. Again, that web address is InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Now, in the next edition of In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. will be teaching through God's Word just like he does Monday through Thursday. And then don't forget to join us next Friday and Saturday for another timely prophecy update. Until then, may God bless you and keep you in his love.